You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. In this episode, we continue World Cup Digest where we cover latest matches and news. Today, we'll be talking about the fourth day of the Cricket World Cup 2019 with the match uh, about the match that was played at the Oval between South Africa and uh, Bangladesh. Having said that, let me welcome my co-host, Ajit. Hi, Ajit. Hi, Giri. Well, I mean, uh, it is a very nice day here uh, for a change. We are seeing degrees mm-hmm. of uh, 31 or more, a temperature of 31 degrees or more, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be... Uh, uh, I, I could not tear myself away from being outdoors. So, I caught the match a bit sporadically, the match mm-hmm. between uh, South Africa and Bangladesh. But, well, it's turned out to be a good match and a comprehensive victory for Bangladesh. So, if you were to look at uh, the score briefly. So, Bangladesh... Uh, were inserted in by South Africa who won the toss, right? And batting first, they scored 336. This was on the back of a quick uh, 42 of just 30 balls by Soumya Sarkar opening. And then uh, strong contributions right through the order. So uh, Shakib Alhassan made 75, Mushfikur Rahim 78, Mohamed Mithun 21, and then Mahmoudullah who made 46 of 33, and then Mosaddiq Hussain who made 26 of 20 provided the final fin- finish or a flourish, let's say. And they were able to take uh, Bangladesh to 3.30 for 6. And this match being played at London, this was a very competitive score. But given how confident Bangladesh feel with their bowling attack, it was a slightly above par score. So South Africa started energetically as well, with Quinton Nikok making 23 and Markram making 45. But they were always behind the scoring rate, so to say. Faftu Plessy did his best with a 62 of just 53 balls. David Miller, 38. Van der 41, and then J.P. Dumini, who scored 45 of 37. They all did their bit, and he got some support in the end through uh, Chris Morris, Rabada, and Tahir, but they finished 309 for eight. If you were to look at the bowling stats um, from at least South Africa, well, Pehlu took 2 for 52, and um, Morris took 2 for 73, and Tahir uh, was also equally effective. He took 2 for 57. In a high-scoring game, this seems okay. Only Morris was on bit on the higher side, but... What probably caused South Africa is that uh, their fifth six bowlers went for a combined, uh, you know, 0 for 82 in 10 hours because Ngidi got injured and they had to fill in with, you know, Markram and Dumini. And uh, Bangladesh were very quick to capitalize on that. So as a result, that may have proven that additional 20-30 run margin, you know. And when it comes to the bowling of Bangladesh, Shakib Alhassan took 1 for 50, Mohammad Saifuddin took 2 for 57. Um, Shafiuddin. And then uh, Mustafizur Rahman took 3 for 67 and Mehdi uh, Hassan took 1 for 44. This effectively meant, you know, uh, Shakib Hassan with his all-round show was uh, named the man of the match. So, Giri, um, what are your thoughts on this? We kind of foresaw this, right? I think in, in our previous episode when we were talking about or when we were doing a preview of this match, mm-hmm. uh, you said we cannot or South Africa cannot take Bangladesh lightly. Anymore. Right. No, no team can take Bangladesh lightly anymore. And then Bangladesh just lived up, uh, sort of, to our expectations, right? I Indeed. think uh, South Africa. I think they they are down on firepower when it comes to their bowling. 
Dale Stein is still injured. I don't know if he's going to play the next match that they play against India on Wednesday. Right. Um, Engidi is out injured. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe they, they they've start they have started to implode a little bit. Mm. Um, and uh, end result of you know losing by 21 runs doesn't show the whole picture. But I think uh, all in all, South Africa kind of well you know uh, they, they they had no ideas in the field their body language su- suggested when they were outfielding that you know they they had no hope uh, right. they had simply caved in i think bangladesh seized it you know they saw the opportunity and then seized it mm. uh, especially uh shakib al hasan they i think he's probably the greatest all-rounder uh, that bangladesh has ever had yeah. and also mushfiqur rahim uh, yes. the wicketkeeper so these guys i think uh, we have to take bangladesh seriously now because they have won against south africa and comfortably so um so what 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 will we do i mean what will south africa do uh, when they play against india uh, will they come back with <laughs> vengeance once again uh, yes. having faltered <laughs> twice? well i mean look they have a couple of options right first one you already mentioned indeed stein uh, he might be fit i think they'll be very eager to have him back and his experience on the field right and then they have these two or three fast bowling all-rounders they have pelu Huayo, they have tratorius they have mod Pelukwayo has been effective, let's say, at least with the ball in both the matches. Morris, not so much. So, uh, also, maybe Pretorius has been there or thereabouts. Really nothing special. So, they have Tabrez Shamsi, who's sitting in the dressing room in the 15, and they may want to bring him in for one of these fast bowling all-rounders, right? So that um, they get that X-factor because he's a left-arm spinner. He brings his X-factor. He can be a bit erratic as well, as most spinners can be, but I think this X factor will be very crucial for them. This is one thing. The other thing, if Amla were to make a comeback, that would also add a lot of solidity to the top of the order. Mm-hmm. Um, 330 was just beyond their reach. You know, it's not all doom and gloom for me. And when it comes to Bangladesh, right, uh, they've taken this World Cup really seriously because they came to Ireland and played a tri-series where they beat West Indies multiple times comfortably, right? And then it shows that they're really well prepared to you know do well in these conditions. This is one thing. And the other thing, well... Steve Rhodes, the coach of Bangladesh, I think he sort of, uh, in a way, challenged uh, uh, Shakib Al Hassan to live up to his, you know, number one all-rounder mm-hmm. in ODI's tag, and mm-hmm. I think uh, Shakib has taken it seriously as well, right? So as a result, um, well, they are doing well, and uh, indeed, every team that will now face uh, Bangladesh will be very wary of them going forward, right? Absolutely. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, overall, it was a very competitive match. I mean, this might not have been mm. as competitive as we'd wanted, but it's, it was still fine. And that mm-hmm. way, I would say, uh, the matches are getting more and more competitive. So, looking forward to tomorrow's match, it's England versus Pakistan. And it's this is going to be a cracker of a match, I get the feeling, Giri. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Pakistan have uh, lost their first match and they're under a bit of pressure. And the way they lost it also was not very good, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, when, it, when we look at the Pakistani team, uh, I think uh, their bowlers could not have much to defend. So maybe they'll want to bolster their middle-order batting. Maybe they want to bring in somebody like Asif Ali for Harris Sohel, even though you know, it might seem a bit harsh on Harris Sohel. He's only played one match and he looked a bit out of sorts. But mm-hmm. then we want to bring in Asif Ali, who can slot in behind the likes of Hafiz and Sarfraz. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he can provide that uh, flourish at the end, like what Bangladesh got, right? Yeah. I think Pakistan for Pakistan, the key will be uh, about how they are going to handle the short pitch deliveries. 
they struggled against West Indies in their first match. Right. Uh, and uh, England have the likes of Jofra Archer, of course. Right. And then uh, I don't know if they'll bring in Mark Wood and if they you know, have to tear away fast bowlers. Mm-hmm. And if they start bowling short pitch deliveries, how Pakistani batsmen are going to handle that. However, uh, they've woken up, I guess, by now. And yeah. they might start counter-attacking uh, just to uh, take the sting out of the uh, attack at the beginning of the innings. So it's going to be an interesting uh, match uh, when uh, England and Pakistan play at uh, Trent Bridge, yes. a traditionally a high-scoring uh, ground. Indeed. Well, I mean, as far as um, England are concerned, they'll want a few things to be fine-tuned. Well, They did well already uh, to begin the tournament with a victory. But I think they'll also want to sort, sort out a couple of things with the way, you know, their middle order is performing and so on. So, yeah, they might want to look forward to get some people who don't have a lot of time in the middle. Some more, um, for example, Josh Butler did not fire exactly. And also, maybe they want to do well at the beginning when, you know, maybe one of Jason Roy has done well, but Johnny Besto will probably be looking eagerly to this chance, right? So, yeah, you're absolutely right. All in all, it's going to be a cracker and going to be very interesting tomorrow. All right. Having uh, gone through the bunch of matches that have been played and will be expected, uh, let's now look at the trivia question. So, before we go on to the trivia question from the previous episode, I would like to uh, congratulate Yogesh. Uh, I think he's a new listener and he wrote uh, wrote in for the first time and he's answered the question from uh, two episodes ago. So basically from the second day's digest, he's answered the question about Debashish Mohanty correctly. Not only has he answered the question correctly, but given a very detailed answer on how this logo came to be picked and so on. So it's very well done to Yogesh. And uh, we hope you continue listening to us and continue you know, writing in with your answers and your comments. Thanks a lot for that. Now, going on to the question from yesterday's episode, it is which batter holds the record for hitting the maximum number of sixes in a World Cup tournament and what is the number of sixes? So um, the batter or the batsman is Chris Gale, universe boss, who hit 26 sixers in the 2015 tournament. Right, This is the highest. Also in the same tournament, David de Villiers was doing well. He hit 21 himself, but Chris Gale was easily ahead of him. So going on to the trivia question from today's episode, the question is, you know, which player holds the record for the most number of consecutive 50 plus scores in ODIs? So in one of the previous episodes, we were discussing Chris Gale uh, now has uh, six 50 plus scores. So similarly, which player actually has the record? And surprisingly, this is not a new record. If you were to think of it, you have to go back 25 years or so to see the answer for this. So that's the clue I can give. Uh, as usual, uh, we, you can get in touch with us through social media, for example, at Armchair Report on Twitter, through our Facebook page, or by writing into us uh, at armchair.cricket at gmail.com, right? And with the World Cup heating up, we have plenty to discuss in the upcoming days. So I hope you are going to be listening to us keenly and maybe write into us with your comments and your suggestions. Also, talk about us maybe with your cricket uh, friends and so on. So I would also like to say thank you to all those who are actually actively listening to us and writing in with their comments. All right, having said all that, It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.